Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is the Summer Series Personal Journal Edition. And this week, I'm telling you about my book. I wrote a book. I wrote a book called Two Years in Los Angeles. It is 82,543 words. It is over 300 pages long. And it is um, a reflection back on the two most self-destructive years of my life that I lived in Los Angeles and I worked in TV shows and movies and, uh, experienced a lot of crazy shit. And I finally wrote that a couple of years ago. Uh, well, I started a couple of years ago. I think I finished last year and, um, and now it's, now it's sitting there. I don't know what to do with it now. I really don't. Uh, occasionally I will give it to somebody to read. I've gotten some feedback from people. I think there's a whole process, you know, with like beta readers. And, um, I just really at this point wish I could give it to, uh, someone that does this for a living and be like, here you go, figure this out and then sell it. If we can sell it, <laughs> you know, like, um, it's, it's a strange thing. As soon as I finished it, I was like, okay, I guess I'm done with this now. And I haven't really done much with it. So if you're a motivated literary agent, you let me know. Um, but I was, I was trying to pick, I wanted to do an episode as part of this series and read a chapter from the book. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I, what chapter do I pick? And I haven't changed any of the names yet in it. So that <laughs> creates its own obstacles. Um, and then in addition to that, I wanted to make sure I picked a chapter, you know, you didn't have to know all the rest of the book in order to understand and something that wasn't too crazy. And I'll tell you what, it's just very difficult. It was everything I picked. Um, I, (laughs) there's a lot of fear, fear, we'll just call it fear that goes into this, um, uh, of releasing, you know, these stories because they're incriminating and they're vulnerable and they're, uh, they're, they're nutty. They're, they're crazy. Um, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff happened and there's something extremely powerful about sharing that, but damn, is it scary? So all that to say, in the end, I decided I'm just going to read the prologue. It's a nice setup. Um, for what comes next. So without further ado, for the uh, Summer Series Personal Journal, this episode, I will be reading the prologue from my book, Two Years in Los Angeles, currently unreleased. Here we go. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my I have recently realized that I have a terrible habit of being completely contradictory in my behaviors and choices. There's this pattern dating back to me as a child that shows this time and time again, primarily around substances. When I was 10 or 11 years old, I came home from school and caught my older brother outside in the backyard smoking a cigarette. The only adult I think I knew at that point that smoked was my father. 
And since my parents divorced when I was four years old and he moved to the other side of the country, there was very little understanding about his habits, except that they were bad. And as a child, who knows, maybe I thought they were the reason that he left in the first place. I mean, I know alcohol played a role, but probably not cigarettes. Either way, between that and the plethora of anti-smoking advertising in the 90s, I was heartbroken to see my older brother, whom I both loved and hated at that time, smoking a cigarette. Something I only knew would one day kill him. Or at least that's what the anti-smoking ad said. Being a child, I did the only thing I knew how to do. I threatened to tell mom. He tried bargaining with me and likely even offered me something like money or toys, but nothing compared to the sick pleasure I got out of getting my brother in trouble. And in my mind, I knew that my mom yelling at me to stop doing something, especially in an emotionally unstable way that she did when I was a kid, was a surefire way to make me stop doing it, or at least cut down on it. Or maybe just hide it. Either way, that was my go-to move, and I couldn't have been more excited to do it. Once I wiped away my tears from considering the fact that smoking kills, my brother was smoking, and A plus B equals C, I got to work on telling my mom what he had done. It was in that moment that I vowed to never smoke. I hated my dad smoking, I hated my brother smoking, and I was never going to smoke a cigarette. Fast forward a year later and my father came into town and instead of us flying south to him in Florida, he came to his old home in Michigan and was taking us up north for a weekend on the lake. I believe we went to Lake Huron, which, if you know the geography of Michigan, means we were somewhere around the thumb and the beaches were made entirely of hard, round rocks. Not the best vacation, but it was a cool little camping community where families like ours, my father, brother, and me, could rent mobile homes that were situated only feet from the lake. It had all the ingredients of a fun family vacation, a boys' trip, maybe some fishing and good old-fashioned male bonding. Unfortunately, the only ingredient my dad brought for the trip was his favorite one of all, Budweiser. I was too young to really get that my dad was an alcoholic, even though as I got older, I would find things like piles of AA chips in his closet, some dated well before I was born. But I guess he really wanted me to understand this, because while we were up north at that mobile home rental on the shitty lake, he drank the beer he brought. He drank all the beer he brought. He drank so much, he passed out and could not be bothered. I was terrified. I was a small child in a creepy mobile home park on the shores of the Great Lakes with no one to comfort me but my older brother, who at this point was starting to shift direction on his feelings towards me, from brotherly love to resentment and disgust. This was the first time I promised I would never drink whatever this alcohol stuff was. Fuck that stuff, fuck Budweiser, and fuck my dad. Tap that fast-forward button again, and you will find me as a 13-year-old on a rainy Sunday morning in the spring. My mother and I were enjoying a nice Sunday morning in the living room. Typical and relaxing, she would sit in her pink chair in the front window and read the paper, while I would harass the family dog and read the Sunday funnies. It was somewhere between Garfield and Family Circus that she got a phone call. It was either a cop or my brother or his friend. Either way, it was a problem. My mother went from relaxed to infuriated, sprinkled in with some concern. She told me to get dressed. We got in the car and drove down the road. Turns out, not even a mile from our house, my brother and his friend were pulled over. This was fantastic for me, especially noting my previous statements about the joy I got watching my brother get in trouble. Like watching karma happen in real time. It was exhilarating. 
So there's my brother and his friend who once sold me a stolen car radio. And they're sitting in my brother's Jeep Wrangler with the top down, and it is pouring rain. I would later find out that when they started to get pulled over, they tried to switch seats because I guess after drinking all night, they thought one of them was less drunk than the other, never thinking for one moment that it was the teenagers driving at dawn in the rain with the top down that tipped off the officer. Being so close to home, the officer decided to just let my mom know instead of giving my brother a DUI, because that's how it used to work, kids. The officer said he would drop my brother off, but we had to get the Jeep back home. So in all my experience driving countless cars and countless video games, I sat in the soaked Jeep and took it the remaining mile home and parked in the driveway. My brother was a cocky, belligerent drunk, and it showed in spades. In fact, I would later learn that the officer told my mom he blew something just under a .3, like maybe a .28 or some crap, and he was still driving. He was stupid, and he just felt the need to show us how stupid he could be. Seeing my brother that drunk, or anyone that drunk, triggered me in a way that filled me with emotions that I wouldn't even begin to deal with for 20 more years. Like my dad before, and now my brother, and even my mom one time when we were up north on vacation, I swore I would never drink alcohol. I was literally never going to touch a glass to my lips. Go ahead and tap fast forward another couple of years, and I'm 15. My brother's 18 and at a party right down the street from us. I'm home alone for the evening and enjoying some quality time with my friend, the internet. She just moved to town and I was obsessed with her. It was probably Napster at the time or AOL chat or porn. Either way, the more time I got alone with this girl, internet, the happier I was. So I'm just sitting at home, minding my own IMs, and my brother comes in with a couple of friends. They need more liquor, and so as he's fishing through the liquor shelf, which are the dusty remnants of Kahlua and peppermint schnapps in the pantry, he says that I should come down to the party. I think for a moment about the cute girls in my grade that lived there, as my brother was hanging out with their sister. Weighing my options between AOL chat rooms and actual girls, I decide to take the risk and follow them back to the party. Once we arrive at this house that's in the same shape that a house might be in if a parent hadn't been home in months, I see a lot of people drinking, and I am very uncomfortable. Then my brother's friend holds out a paper plate to me that's got a pile of flaky green leafy crap on it. When I ask what it is, they laugh and tell me it's weed. I cannot describe the fear and nervousness that fell over my body. These guys were stoners, potheads, in my own town? Holy crap. I could be arrested just for knowing them. My mind raced and I had to get out of there. I don't remember what excuse I made, though I'm sure it had something to do with my EverQuest game. But I was out of there and back home, my heart pounding, just waiting to hear sirens as the police were surely to raid my entire neighborhood. I decided right then and there that I would never touch drugs. No cigarettes, no alcohol, no drugs. If I could implore you to fast forward this little tale just once more, we could find ourselves at the tail end of my senior year of high school. I moved into the back room of my house that my grandparents had built as an addition so they could have their own space. The room was nice because it was over 300 square feet and I was able to finagle it into a half living room, half bedroom. The bed was still a twin bed, but as a teenager, if I could lay down, the size of the bed didn't matter. It wasn't great for sex, but that's where we go to the living room side of the room where I had a futon that folded out into a much bigger bed. Better for sex, but much louder. Though the creaky wood frame of the twin bed wasn't great either. 
Regardless, as senior year was winding down, you could sometimes find me sitting at that futon, watching DVDs and observing my massive VHS collection that sat atop the old-style entertainment center, which housed my tube TV. The coffee table had made its way from my grandparents' living room to the basement, and now to my bedroom that I turned into a studio apartment. The coffee table was unique because it had a door in the middle you could store stuff, like TV remotes, coasters, or whatever you'd like. On this particular afternoon, one like any other that year, it was storing my beer cans, some empty and some full. Just above the TV in the VHS collection was my blockbuster video case for the film Mallrats, which had no mall rats, but did have a mini mag light that I had converted into a weed smoking device. I'd just come in from smoking a cigarette and sat down to finish what little weed I had and drink some beers with my friend Chris. When I say that I have a habit of contradicting myself, this is the kind of shit I was talking about. And I wish I could say it ended with weed, beer, and cigarettes, but it goes on and on and follows me across the country and into my 20s. In fact, my 20s seems like a good place to start. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? That was the prologue to my book, Two Years in Los Angeles. Currently unreleased. Summer's winding down, guys. We only have one episode left maybe it's a preview episode who knows and then the interviews start up season five starts up season five holy shit pretty nutty all right i hope you guys have a great day bye bye